most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report <laughs> with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Slobberknocker Audio is on the air. Hi, everybody. Thanks very much for being with us. I am good old JR Jim Ross. Well, what a busy week. What a great week it's going to be. I'll be in uh, Norman on Saturday afternoon for the Oklahoma Baylor game. Don't sleep on those Baylor uh, Bears. The Sooners have got to play better. Uh, to get out of there with a win in a wide open Big 12, it seems. More on that later. And then I'm going to fly to uh, about halftime. I'm leaving the game about halftime, and I'm going to fly to Dallas, then to Los Angeles, then by car to Long Beach, where Kevin Kelly and I will team up for the first time in about 19 years to call the Access uh, TV event uh, this weekend uh, in Long Beach. More on that as well coming up. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, Here's what's on my mind. Well, 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 kicking it off this week and uh, what's on my mind. It seems like the Liv Morgan Rebella scenario that occurred on Monday night. Obviously, a errant kick, a uh, couple of them actually, I think, uh, from uh, Bree to Liv uh, caused a concussion to Ms. Morgan. And uh, certainly unwanted, but a real part of the game, folks. I am not on this uh, tirade to throw Brie Bella under the bus. There's a lot of, it's a team effort in the ring. The way you open up the cell, the way you deliver a kick, all those things are a team effort. So you could even say, well, they need to practice more. Uh, or, you know, they, you're, now you're going to inject your experience as a pro wrestler into the equation. They need to practice more. Maybe they do. But the referee should have seen the damage done uh, when Miss Morgan's body kind of went dead, went dead weight, right? And stopped the match no matter how it affected the plan creative. That's a situation where the referee has got to understand there's nothing more important in a wrestling match than the safety and the health of the performers. Damn be the creative. So uh, I think some of the wrestling media that I've read and a lot of guys I, I like and I read religiously or listen to, uh, they kind of blown this matter out of proportion, in my opinion. That's all. The bottom line here, folks, is this. As I have said many times on this show, pro wrestling is not ballet. So, at the end of the day, lighten up, Francis. My condolences to Sean Waltman, a fellow podcaster here on Westwood One, uh, as his uh, ex-wife and the mother of his two children recently uh, passed away after years of battling substance abuse. Uh, certainly another person taken much too young after succumbing to the evil demons in their life. We see it every day somewhere. It is an epidemic. The opioids and all that stuff, epidemic. you got to hope that somewhere down the road that these matters are addressed even more thoroughly than they currently are. Big, big problem. My simple take on the Bill Cosby verdict and the subsequent prison sentence that he received is that it's this. Mr. Cosby did the crime over and over, apparently, and now he has to do the time. 
no matter his age, his ethnicity, his blindness, or anything else in his life. Uh, and it's certainly unfortunate, I will say this, that they say very likely that Mr. Cosby is going to die in prison. Maybe the biggest fall from grace of any television personality in the history of our country. From where he was to where he sits right now. Remember, kids, you do the time when you get caught doing the crime. Okay, on the food front, man, I am, you know, I'm still enjoying on the weekends, football weekends. Now I have this this thing where I am uh, almost superstitious if I don't do Omaha Steaks on OU home game weekends on my grill and my patio. little food front uh, uh, segue here, update. Remember, www.shop.com has all of our products online, quick delivery, North America, www.shop.com. Check it out for me. Uh, we're very close to getting back with uh, our 200-plus Ingalls Markets, uh, headquartered in Asheville, North Carolina. They're throughout the southeast United States. There is a beautiful, thorough, well-managed grocery chain as I've ever seen in my life. And whether I get my products in there or not, if you go to one of their stores, you'll see exactly what I'm saying. Ingalls is the best. And then uh, we've been talking about Crafty Connoisseur. They're in Scotland. Uh, you know, our buddy Steve there and uh, our folks at Clemens Foods in Oklahoma City are on, have talks ongoing. I think details are being hopefully finalized by all of our partners much sooner than later. And uh, so we're looking forward to expanding our footprint, shall we say, because then the products will be available way outside North America, globally, with Crafty Connoisseur. And uh, it looks like, you know, Jan and I had this dream about this product and this, this little, our little corner of the world growing, and it looks like it's got a pulse now that's stronger than it's been in a long time. I was offered the opportunity to team with Sean Wheelock in Las Vegas coming up on Friday night, October the 5th, for the big USC Fight Pass event. Uh, a lot of people are looking forward to this, as am I. The Quintet 3 Submission Grappling Tournament. My buddy Josh Varnes got a lot to do with that uh, concept and the, and the creation and uh, support of it. Uh, I, I wish I could have done it. Uh, I, I want to do one somewhere down the road. I think USC made a great call by adding Misha Tate uh, to work with the talented Mr. Wheelock. And uh, Sean and our buddies were Midwesterners. He's a Kansas guy, Oklahoma guy. I've enjoyed working with him on every occasion we've had, a real pro's pro. And he would have done the play-by-play, and I would have been his uh, analyst uh, for this concept. So I'm very excited about uh, uh, this new concept. Misha's going to do a great job. Wish him both the best. And uh, uh, check it out. It's on Friday night, October 5, five-on-five concept, five-on-five MMA concept. Two five-man teams. Each team will designate a starter. My one will wrestle your one. My I win, I continue to take on your number two, and your number one is gone. And it continues till there's one team left. Check it out. Uh, it's a neat concept, uh, and uh, I wish the guys nothing but the success. I'm excited to join Kevin Kelly, as I mentioned, at ringside this Sunday in Long Beach for New Japan's Fighting Spirit Unleashed. I, get, I mentioned that Kevin and I had not worked, have not worked together in 19 years when we were on Raw back in the day, Stony Gray would say. And uh, that'll be live on the uh, on the uh, New Japan World uh, digital platform, live as it happens, five o'clock Pacific. And then it's going to air on uh, Friday night, October the fifth, 
uh, twice, I think, on Access TV. So it should be a really cool thing. And some people have asked, why is Josh not on the show? It's Kevin Kelly and, and, and me. Well, first of all, uh, uh, the reason for that is real simple. Josh is, will be in Japan, ironically enough, at the same time, uh, and had it booked for months before we got the date. And he'll be representing one of his, cornering one of his fighters in a big fight there uh, in, in Tokyo, I think it is. But he'll be back with us on, uh, actually be back with me on Monday when we're doing some voiceovers. Uh, in Los Angeles after the Long Beach event. It's a loaded card. We'll talk to Cody Rhodes about that a little bit later. But it's a show you shouldn't miss if you're a big-time wrestling fan, either live with New Japan World or on Friday night, October 5, on the Great Access TV, owned by my dear close friend, Mark Cuban. Around the pro wrestling horn, I'm going to – this become a new feature. It, it puts everything together so you can kind of figure out what's going on. And I think one of the reasons for this, too, is – it's easier to remember, and I just want people to understand how important it is for me to promote everything within our business. I truly believe you lead by example, and if I can be positive on my show and we can wish nothing but the best and get the word out on other events, that it's reciprocal somewhere down the road. You do good things for people that aren't expecting it. There's not one of these people that I'm going to talk about in these promotions that have you know, come to me and say, hey, JR, you got to do this or I do that or it's it, it right now it kind of goes that saying so uh we we appreciate uh they're they're having their events and i want them to do well uh including uh mlw they're gonna be in queens new york at melrose ballroom thursday october the 4th uh, tickets on sale at mlw.com this young brand under court bowers leadership continues to grow we wish them nothing but the best uh, they get they're growing they're going to chicago and some other places so just check out mlw.com to get the lowdown everything they're doing Cards, locations, tickets, the whole nine yards. Uh, Cody Rhodes is going to be in the NWA's 70th anniversary show in the main event on Sunday, October 21st. A return match with Nick Aldis. Tickets are available at NWA70. That's NWA70.com. Uh, should be a lot of fun. And the fact that Jim Cornette and Tony Schiavone are calling the NWA title match, to me, is worth the price of admission. Uh, the eagerly anticipated Chris Jericho Cruz rapidly approaching us october 27th through 31st that's just right around the corner man i gotta work on my tan and a few cabins that's a joke and a few cabins are still available i'm told uh not many we've done all of collaborated to do a great job of marketing this event uh i i can't wait it's gonna be a lot of fun it's been years since i've been on a cruise i've never been on a cruise without my, my lovely wife jan so that's gonna be a little bit uh melancholy in that respect but i plan on having a lot of laughs having a lot of fun Tickets and information available at chrischericocruise.com. It's going to be the vacation of a lifetime for a lot of us, folks. A lot of wrestlers, uh, my old friends, and a lot of there'll be meet and greets. The King and I'll be together as your official hosts. Uh, merchandise, including uh, Sovereign Knocker, signed, sold on the on the cruise, and some merchandise. Uh, Raphael Morphy will be headline, headlining. He, he's main eventing. Raphael's headlining and main eventing the the gimmick table. So we'll have sauces and jerky and all kinds of good stuff and uh i just think it's gonna be a lot of fun so uh and i'm looking forward to some wrestling now there's a lot of damn good booked wrestling on the show the alpha versus omega rivalry uh is big team bullet club versus team impact big so it's just going to be such a fun event that uh, i'd hate to see you miss it so if you're contemplating you're on the fence go to chrisjerichocruise.com and make up your damn mind Plus, uh, being the national chairman for Headlock on Hunger, an organization I 
strongly support and believe in because when 25% of American children don't eat when they're not in school or organized uh, uh, classes of some sort, uh, that's, un- that's unacceptable. And as Bill Murdoch, the great leader of this organization, says, uh, when you're hungry, nothing else matters. How true. How true. Uh, I'll be on Thanksgiving weekend, the day after Oklahoma and West Virginia in Morgantown. I'm going to the game, and I'm going to be riding in a car from Morgantown to Winston-Salem to make my booking and not miss my game. Wouldn't have it any other way. Huge Thanksgiving weekend, Saturday, November the 24th. I think I'll be there with Jerry Lawler from 10 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon. A ton of stars. Uh, great photo ops, the King and I. Uh, we can't, we love meeting our fans and, and uh, hearing your stories as well. So uh, check it out. Headlockonhunger.org is your site. And uh, we, the more we can do for these hungry kids, the better off we'll all be. Well, a little editorial comment here. You know, I think that too many folks are complaining about how the cards from WWE are booked for their major stadium shows in Australia and Saudi Arabia, uh, specifically re- re- relying on veteran talents to build the show around. Uh, too much about nothing here, folks. There's nothing to see here. Let's move along. The tenured future Hall of Famers are creating a buzz. Yes, we're talking about it. You're talking about it. And with that buzz comes big crowds and the opportunity for younger talents to maximize their minutes and create memorable moments that those fans won't soon forget. Now, these events are wonderful opportunities, key word again, that opportunity word, uh, for all talents who want to elevate their game to the level of Taker and Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Uh, They can do that before these big crowds. There's no doubt. Uh, I I just think it's an opportunity to get before a lot of eyeballs and do your business, man. Steal the damn show, no matter who's on it. And uh, now with these points made about Taker and Hunter and and Sean, I'm not going to be shocked to see Hulk Hogan make an appearance in Saudi Arabia in November. As a matter of fact, at this point, with all the dialogue and the smoke there's fire stuff going on, I'd almost say I'd be disappointed if Hogan didn't make the a date in Saudi Arabia to make an appearance, uh, I think it'd be important to the show. It's, uh, I think the, the fan base there remember Hulk Hogan very prominently, man, as they do everywhere. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to get into all the other, you know, the human resource, all those issues I'm talking about as a wrestling fan. If I was a long time wrestling fan and I grew up watching Hulk Hogan, uh, lead the WWF at the time to prominence, uh, I'd damn sure uh, love to see him in person. What does he look like? How big is he? How does he look, brother? So uh, I just think it's a, a great a great place for these young guys to, to get the rub, if you will, uh, and and, uh, and just maximize those minutes. This makes sense to me. I don't think it's about not prioritizing this guy or the this guy down the card or who's going to close the show. You're on the card. You're booked. You're going to get paid a lot of money for going. And that's what you work for, a lot of money. So uh, I just think it's a great thing. I, I am so motivated. I'm more motivated to see uh, Triple H and Undertaker with Kane and Shawn Michaels in the corners as I am any match booked. And you can say, well, Jerry, you're old dude, you're OG, you know, time's passed you by. Well, maybe so in some areas. 
but not about fundamental wrestling and philosophies. I know why it's being booked this way. I agree with it wholeheartedly. And if you're on the card and you're, you have, you're booked on this card, you just know that the, the, the Hall of Famers are going to help get people in seats for you, for you to be, to be handed off to you going forward. The lovely Tori Wilson has a great new website launching on October the 1st. And the reason I mentioned it is because it has to do with something we can all focus on and we all need, quite frankly. Uh, Fittensity is the website. Fittensity, F-I-T-T-E-N-S-I-T-Y.com slash ebook. Fittensity.com uh, slash ebook. Launches on Monday, October the 1st. I have checked it out. The uh, videos, look, Tori doing fitness exercises. I'm sorry. I'm interested. Plus, there's great information there. And for more of that information, you can follow Tori on Twitter at Tori, T-O-R-R-I-E, 11. Hey, Tackle Football folks, uh, for the love of God, you broadcasters, just stop my pain. Because remember, folks, I'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman. It's A-D, as in all day, and not A-P, as in Adrian Peterson, which is you're out. You're wrong. Can't happen. You should know by now. A.D. is Adrian Peterson. A.P. is a mispronunciation. And remember, it stands for all day. And so I said, well, he got that nickname in college. No, he didn't. He got that nickname when he was a little boy by his father because A.D. could play and run like an animal all day long. So that's, that's what it means. I, it's not, some of you guys don't care about this. I'm a football guy. I'm a, I'm a, I love my Sooners. And, uh, you know, come on. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Get his nickname right, for God's sakes. That's like saying Walter Payton's not sweetness. He's uh, sugar-coated. Oh, there's sugar, there's sugar Walter Payton. No, sweetness, idiot. Well, it means the same thing. No, it doesn't. Speaking of football, my... Why Jan's beloved Steelers, oh, you know, uh, they were known once, folks, for their steel curtain defense. I'm wondering, wondering now, perhaps, they've become merely the bowling shoe ugly drapes of the NFL. They sure as hell ain't the steel curtain anymore. Can they be? Damn right. But they cannot get to the NFL playoffs playing such undisciplined football. Too many penalties. That's concentration. That's got, to come, that's got to be some leadership on the sideline and in the huddles. Uh, and so I don't expect great things to the Steelers, and I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong, but it's going to be, I think, a, a long year for my wife's favorite team. I'm sorry, honey, I had to bring that up, if you're listening up there. Well, you know, I heard the WWE sign the talented Mia Yim, great hire for a tough, classy athlete. I like her. Strong style, physical, skilled, looks good, articulate, intelligent. No reason she shouldn't be a success. I also enjoy Carmella's makeover. Uh, the hair. She had a great outfit on Monday night. I thought she had a real entertaining, or Tuesday night, excuse me. I thought she had a real entertaining segment with uh, R-Truth, Ron Killings. The thing about her, uh, the new hair is good too, by the way. Very timely, freshened her up. Again, her her uh, attire is very well done. So important. Uh, but the main thing, 
not their tire or color scheme. Are you a fall? Are you not? I don't know, Connie. Connie, or Connie's a he's a fall. Connie, Connie's getting married soon. Nonetheless, uh, Carmelo seriously has uh, improved immensely in her in-ring work. And the most important factor of that statement is she continues to work to improve, or so it seems to me. But, again, they're very entertaining on SmackDown Live. Uh, she's got a good uh, upside. Some of you took me to task on Twitter, at JRSBBQ, about 1.7 million followers, which would be one of them too. It's free, and it's worth every damn penny you pay for it. Uh, I talked about villains in WWE, referring to the uh, who I thought the top villain was on the main roster. Only I didn't say main roster. That's my bad. Uh, and some took me to task because uh, uh, Thomas Ciampa uh, was omitted because I didn't think he qualified in my my particular presentation. Let me tell you something. He's a hell of a pro wrestling villain. I love the fact that he's serious about his TV persona. When he's in public, he is who he is on television, more often than not, to maybe obviously a lesser degree. He's going to walk up to, a, to the guy at the drive-thru and headbutt him. But I, I, uh, I, I just think that uh, I, I mislabeled I that situation. Uh, Ciampa is a hell of a heel. He is aggressive. He sells beautifully. Key, key to any villain or any baby face. You got to learn to sell. It's not a sign of weakness unless you're just going through the motions and selling because you think you have to. Uh, this kid's a big time player. Certainly I have no, didn't mean any disrespect to him because I love his work. Uh, some of those, uh, takeover events that he's headlined have been marvelous. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about, uh, him and his career where it's going. Uh, he and Johnny Gargano have great chemistry, maybe as good chemistry between two men as anybody in the company on any roster, certainly arguable. So I didn't mean to leave, uh, Thomas Ciampa, uh, uh, throw him on the bus or just disregard him. Cause I, I, I'm a big fan, but I inadvertently omitted that Rob's talking about the main roster and he hasn't made it to the main roster yet. And that hopefully will be sooner than later. Still to come, my conversation with Cowboy Bill Watts and uh, with Cody. And I'm going to be talking to Cody about the progression of Jay White uh, in New Japan. He's, Jay White's a big part of the card uh, this Sunday in Long Beach. Uh, he was a big part of the last time he, they were here at the Cow Palace. And it, it really seems like the New Zealander is en route to becoming the maybe the top villain in the company there. Uh, I can tell you this. Uh, he's a great talent who I have the utmost confidence in. To this degree, if I ran a promotion, Jay White would be my very, very short list of talents that I would want to sign. Jay White is money. Quickly looking back at Monday Night Raw, uh, I thought it was a solid show. Uh, I thought that McIntyre and Ziggler against the Revival was as good as anything on the show. Uh, if the tag team division wasn't so tepid, it's not hot. But they're working on it getting hot, which I applaud. So, uh, but if the tag team division was not so tepid, uh, that match on Monday night would have been much better received by the critics, at least my, my two cents. I saw that Jason Powell on ProWrestling.net had as one of his WWE Raw hits. Nice little piece of business there that you can check out Tuesdays and on Wednesdays, the SmackDown piece of business as well. Uh, of course, the big thing, unfortunately, that seemed to come out of Raw Monday night was the the potato uh, or two 
that uh, in, that Brie Bella inadvertently delivered to uh, Liv Morgan. An accident. Uh, you, know, you heard me talk about it. It ain't valet, folks. I'm not condoning it, but I damn sure not a hater. And unless you've been there and tried it or done it or anything along those lines, I find it somewhat ignorant that people have these 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 extremely detailed critiques as if they had been there. But it's, it's based on them being a fan of television wrestling, by and large. Don't know if that's fair. And finally on SmackDown, uh, the AJ Styles, the Samoa Joe stuff is so personal. Uh, it's almost like the WWE title has taken a back seat uh, in the issue. And I'm not saying that in a catty way, but the WWE title has always been in that company, the, the crown jewel. Uh, and I think it will be for, you know, till further notice, at least in my eyes. Uh, and I'll talk to Cody about the NWA title. I have a lot of sentiment and feelings about that as well, but uh, the WWE title to me is a crown jewel. It should always be kept sacred and important and protected and shined and positioned well. So it, this issue is so personal that the coveted NWA title doesn't seem to be the ultimate prize in this one. It seems to be the ultimate prize in this one is for one human being to physically and mentally destroy the other. That, my friends, is a personal issue. And that is what's on my mind. We have come to the time where... Much like Dave LaGreca's uh, top five, this is my slobber knocker of the week. Dave LaGreca is my friend, the host of Bust Open Radio, Sirius XM, five days a week. Uh, the uh, slobber knocker of the week has uh, a few candidates this week, folks, because a lot of people are doing some good things in sports and in entertainment, which is kind of what we focus on. I can tell you that the uh, monster abyss should not be neglected. He went into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, how you perceive that is your own prerogative. Any Hall of Fame to me is a is an honor. Uh, but the key thing about this big dude, he's a big, super heavyweight athlete. Uh, you know, played football at Miami of Ohio, smart guy. He got in wrestling, he had an advanced degree. But the key thing I am really uh, uh, proud of for him is that Abyss has been, I think, with, with impact for – 17 years or something like that. I mean, it's ridiculous. With one company. Now, others have, you can oh, well, what about this guy? We love to be defiant and, con- and contrarian, right? That's our world right now we live in. So, yes, you'll find other guys that have been with the companies a long time. But to be in at Impact Wrestling uh, through all the peaks and the valleys of that run for that long, uh, he's a team player. And, uh, and I've met him many times. I wanted to get him to come to WWE at one time but he was very comfortable where he was. I thought he would have been a great opponent years ago uh, for The Undertaker, much like Mick Foley became, and, uh, and so the rest is history on that deal. So uh, congratulations to the Monster Abyss. You can't say Abyss. It's the Monster Abyss, kids. Also, a uh, sovereign record of the week candidate would be uh, some good, good baseball. Raphael's always – Raphael Morphy's always – he's a baseball freak. He's, he's an eternal little leaguer. He's a hell of a player in college, uh, but he – he, he can't give it up. Ralph, come on, buddy. You got to stop. I think he wears his cuff around the house. In any event, uh, uh, Raphael points out that my Slavonarker baseball candidate should be the Oakland A's. 
They start a season with the lowest uh, payroll in the league. I appreciate that. And consequently, they're still flirting with a 100-win season. The long shot in the playoffs, for me, might just be the A's. Can't forget about Tiger Woods. He scored his 80th PGA Tour victory, but his first in over five years at the Tour Championship last week. Won by two strokes. Uh, I'm Big ratings for NBC. Huge. LT Gray gets you going. Uh, either you love him or you love to see him lose. He's, he has a strong personality, polarizing in a lot of ways. And I've heard him described as the greatest golfer of all time, one of the, the all time great athletes, you know, because of his golf acumen over the years. And I've also heard him called an adulterer and a, and a, uh, a drug guy. You know, I don't, it's funny, huh? I'm congratulating Tiger Woods for winning his 80th PGA Tour victory. Let the guy have some happiness, will you? Uh, Third week in a row, this dude has been a, a slobber knocker of the week candidate, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I told you that last week that I saw him play a couple, three times, I think it was, uh, against my Sooners. He was at Texas Tech, league opponents in the Big 12. He's really a statuesque uh, look. Like if you're going to design a quarterback, it wouldn't be too far from what Patrick Mahomes would look like. Kind of like folks have said about Randy Orton. I, I, I described him one time that if you're going to, you can go to a lab and develop a wrestler. Randy Orton would be close to the pitcher you finish with. That's high confidence. So the bottom line here, as old Stone Cold would say, is that the Chiefs are three and zero with Mahomes as the starting quarterback this season. This season he has thrown thirteen touchdown passes in three games. He has no interceptions, no picks. That's huge. No mistakes. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't give up a possession. The kid turned 23 years old last week. Uh, he's he's the it guy. I just hope he's not too good to be true, but uh, he's got a great coach in Andy Reid who traded Alex Smith to the Redskins, who are now the Washington – they're not the Redskins to me, they're the Washington Sooners because they got a lot of OU talent on that team. Samaj P. Ryan, the great Trent Williams, Adrian Peterson, Tress Way. Uh, it's, a, it's Soonerville. They used to have Chris Chester, who was an offensive lineman. So uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm thinking that Mahomes is destined to, for an MVP year if he can continue on this pace. Why wouldn't he? It's a no-brainer. Good job from the former Texas Tech Red Raider, who had a big victory last weekend in Stillwater against Oklahoma State that really nobody around here called. I'm thinking there might have been a lot of money bet on that game and won by taking the underdog in Texas Tech who came in and just – uh, took uh, the cowpokes of Jerry Briscoe to the woodshed. That'll happen. It could happen to my Sooners this week. You never know. Don't sleep on Baylor. If I'm betting OU Baylor, I'm betting the Sooners win. I like the over, but I don't like giving up all the points. I'm not encouraging any betting. No wagering, kids. But that's how I look at it. It's going to be a tougher game than people think. And finally, the Slobber Knocker of the Week. You, you knew who this is going to be. I'm going to say I've, I've done some predictable booking here now. You knew who it was going to be. But my man, who I saw Saturday in Norman, the quarterback, the starting quarterback, by God, of the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, yeah! turned heads by having a – he came in uh, and after Tyrod Taylor got hurt. 
on national television, led his team to a comfort behind victory over the Jets last Thursday night. Uh, and it was the first win for the Browns, who are beloved by my, my brother and my partner, Jerry Lawler, uh, more than just any sports team. Uh, they had not won a game in almost two years, which makes my man, Baker Mayfield, the slobber knocker of the week. No pet raccoons are overdosing here. Ken Board. Well, it's pet coon goofy time. We have uh, some things, you know, it, it's people criticizing decisions that are made. People criticizing because Bill Cosby has to go to prison. People criticizing that he get enough time. I don't know where the, what the right answer is. I swear to God, I don't know. But there's a lot of that going on. You know, uh, politics. I am so down on politics in general. Not everybody. But professional politicians are ruining this country. Can't speak for years where you may be. But if you're a professional politician and not a public servant, but you're living under the guise of being a public servant, uh, I don't trust you. And people can't keep their... They can't keep their word in politics. There's always a negative side, and the glass is always half empty. So, uh, you know, I, I just I have issues with this negativity, contrarian media. And uh, maybe I'm being contrarian right now, so I'll shut up and go to, to the Pet uh, Coon Goofy Award. But uh, you could take the media, whether they're covering Stormy Daniels, for God's sakes. Are you kidding me? Well, she's allegedly had an affair with the president of the United States. I don't care what happened 20 years ago. It's none of my business anyway. Now we're spending hours and hours on uh, the Supreme Court thing here over something he allegedly did in high school. Are you kidding? If I got, if I ran for office and people went back and, and interviewed my friends in high school, I would get three votes based on that because I was a kid and I tried to get, I tried to get uh, uh, intimate at every turn in the road. So what? You know, I, I don't know what, am I supposed to apologize? I, I never abused any women. But I guess in today's rules, maybe I was a little overzealous at times. So in any, any event, the Pet Coon Goofy work could go to a lot of people this week in today's climate. Uh, and uh, there's first of all, did you read about the 20-year-old food service worker at uh, Comerica Park in Detroit? He's been charged after a video was posted online that appeared to show him spitting, like, you know, like Nido would spit in the opponent's face, spitting on a pizza intended for customers during a Tigers game. So the prosecutor there in Wayne County says that Jalen Curley of Detroit is charged with a felony, a felony, of food law violations felony count and by the way it's punishable by four years behind bars and a misdemeanor count of food law violations that's punishable up for up to 90 days in jail i'm just saying here there's got to be a better way to meld out the punishment as opposed to locking up a guy for spitting on a pizza he's probably disgruntled Hell, who knows what he was? This wrong. He got caught. So I'm just wondering now, uh, does Mr. Curley have to register as a food predator? Hmm. Don't know. 
But the Pet Coon Goofy Award goes to the competition committee in the National Football League. How in God's name can you expect a defensive lineman to gently take a quarterback to the ground uh, in the, under the terms of your rule, where if your body weight is even remotely implied or a- amplified to any degree, implied or done, the, the laundry's going to be dropped. The physics don't work, folks. The physics don't work. It was, it, it was, and I'd like to know who all was on the, the NFL competition committee. There's probably a lot of smart guys in there that should know better. But uh, the uh, the illegal application of the new roughing the quarterback rule is embarrassing. It's taking away from the enjoyment of the game. This is not what the NFL needs right now. They don't need more uh, protests. They need to get Colin Kaepernick on a team and let the guy play and earn a living. Uh, and negative publicity is not good, even though they seem to be invincible. They're not. Trust me. They're not. So uh, the NFL Competition Committee uh, needs to reevaluate the rules of roughing the quarterback because, in my view, ladies and gentlemen, that's just damn pet coon goofy. excited that uh, my next guest had the opportunity to stop what he's doing in north of the border uh, in uh, in filming Arrow, the NWA champion. Boy, it sounds pretty cool. The NWA champion is joining me on the Jim Ross Report. Cody, how are you, buddy? Ah, I'm uh, I'm outstanding. It does sound pretty cool yeah. uh, when you when you say it like that. I'm I'm outstanding. You're gonna. I want to see you on Sunday in Long Beach. Uh, on a big, oh, yeah. huge event uh, for uh, New Japan, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Uh, it's going to be taped on Access TV. However, folks, if you're a, a subscriber to New Japan World, you can hear uh, Kevin Kelly and my rendition of the call of that event uh, live as it happens. It starts at 5 o'clock uh, Pacific time, I'm told. That would be 8 o'clock, folks, for you guys out there in the East Coast. And uh, Cody's going to go for the mid-double champion here. Uh, taking on a, a hot young guy. I, I, he had a hell of a night in, in Long Beach last time uh, in uh, uh, our, our buddy Juice Robinson. Are you, how are how you, how you balancing all these balls and can you, what are you going to bring on Sunday that you, you think you're going to have to have to win? I think uh, the, the main thing I, I've tried to balance here is time management. Um, you know, we, we actually have talked about this before, but especially when you say like, Hey, I'm talking to the NWA world's champion. Um, well that, you know, I need to be living that every day. I need to be breathing that every minute. So, you know, I am, uh, filming, uh, these seven episodes of arrow and I was really grateful to be brought back in, but it's great because I've been able to, you know, I've been around a a positive workforce, different than wrestling, but, the, the same motivation, same positivity. Uh, Steven is a friend of mine, but also uh, he's a real good motivator. So I've been able to get all my lists in and, uh, you know, dot all my I's and cross all my T's. I think I've balanced it well. I'm ready for, for Sunday. I, I'm a big believer in this expansion from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And when, when they come over here, you can see the, you know, you, you can feel the thirst that the, the fans have for it. And, and I think Juice, um, in San Francisco, you know, last last time uh, at the G1 special, I think Juice 
that stole the show. I think Juice is just one of those trending upwards, uh, uh, badass dudes, and he's a true heavyweight. So it's great that my last match, uh, the one with Nick from All In, was also another true heavyweight. I like mixing it up because I'm somewhere in that light heavyweight category, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm able, uh, the longer it goes, the more it uh, tends to be on my side. So I'm looking forward to it. I uh, will never probably forget the match. I don't remember everything I've done in my career, thank God. But uh, I probably will keep that memory of the uh, Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson match <laughs> in my mind after after I got knocked out of my chair. Uh, but yeah. in, in speaking of that, you know, uh, I see where it looks like Jay's being moved up the roster and maybe even being positioned in a, as a, one of the top spots. I think, uh, right. you know, I never had any animosity toward that kid. I think he's um, immensely talented. And if I was running a wrestling company, I he would be on my on my short list of guys, we need to sign this kid. Yeah, Jay, Jay is uh, incredibly talented and, uh, and uh, diverse in the sense, you know, like uh, it's kind of a different, uh, he's kind of like a utility style. Uh, he, he, can, he can wrestle any type of of style yeah jay's jay's special and and jay's a good model for the young lion system um that 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 system it's so hard to replicate it's just new japan has got that uh magic uh stored up somewhere when it comes to the young lions and how they you know they they genuinely pay their dues in that proper way and not in an abuse of that of that saying they actually pay their dues and it, and it pays off for them. It gives them a career. Uh, looking at the card for Sunday, long beach, five o'clock Pacific time live on new Japan world. It will be uh, airing on access TV, uh, the following Friday. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, as you get to see one way or the other, you can see it uh, from start to finish. Uh, and I look at the card and man, it's like an all-star game. Everybody that's good. Mm-hmm. And that I've seen and I've called matches for or I've done for television, there no one's omitted from this card except maybe Minoru Suzuki, but if he wants mm-hmm. to come, who's going to stop him anyway? But bottom line is this is a, this is a <laughs> jacked-up card, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's a jacked-up card. Well, it's the best of the best, and and that seems to be kind of the term, the term man, the, the Bullet Club guys have is all hands on deck, um, and that's kind of how we approached all in, and I think that's how New Japan – approaches their expansion if you're going to present a alternative in a positive sense to wwe uh all hands on deck uh, yeah. it needs to be a jacked up card uh you, you need to have uh the best of the best and that's a real there's such a, a good balance between uh ring of honors uh talent currently and new japan pro wrestling's talent Whew. there's uh there's 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 some major players hidden within and some hidden in plain sight uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a up card on it. I love it. I love the versatility of it. Uh, a lot of multi-person matches that sometimes for the announcers make it hard to tell your story because you have multiple stories going on simultaneously. It's hard to give the audience that one focus because there isn't one focus. There's more than one. Now in your match with, uh, with juice, two guys, and boy, that's my start down my wheelhouse. Someday I'm going to call an NWA title match. I'll promise you, ladies and gentlemen, if the good Lord gives me just a little bit more time. Uh, but those title matches, uh, like this this kid, it's a, he's coming back to the States where he had a, his probably his best match in his career last time. Do the, do the Japanese natives 
Cody, do they get as motivated about coming to the States and, and performing as the guys that are Americans? I think so. I think it's the same, you know, feeling when you get the ticket to go to the Tokyo Dome uh, and you, you get over there and experience it. And I think now, being that this isn't New Japan's first first U.S. show, all the pomp and circumstance and the frills about coming to the United States uh, aren't aren't the focus as much as the focus is, okay, the point of this is to show people what, what all the buzz is about. What is all the talk about? You know, everyone, every year, Wrestle Kingdom, you know, puts itself up there for show of the year. Why is that? And it's these guys is why. And, uh, you know, new management. Uh, it's public. Everything's public now. There's new management in, uh, you know, New Japan. And then Mark Cuban sitting there with the finger on the button, you know, the billionaire with billionaire dollars ready to invest. And I think everybody knows that. I don't think there's anybody who's you know, takes it lightly. Uh, and that's, uh, it's always cool to see the, the guys come over and, you know, the, the Japanese natives come over. And I think some of the fan base travels more than others think, you, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a long haul. But if you look at all in, we had a, a good deal. I mean, I've looked at the analytics myself. We had a good deal of fly-ins from Japan. So it's a symbiotic, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, Okada and Ishii versus the golden lovers. I'm still trying to get my, my arms around, no pun intended, of this Golden Lovers television persona uh, and because sure. I, I'm a major fan. It's an intricate relationship that is not worn out, and it's, I, I, I'm understanding it's real, and I just never have uh, been around that sort of television presentation in my, in my career. But I love those two guys. Omega and Ibushi are just they're, – they're, they may never be better than they are right now. I don't know. I don't know. But right now, they're pretty mm. damn good. But Okada continues to evolve. He reminds me of The Rock for some reason. Charisma, maybe. The it factor. You know, 6'3". I don't know what it is. And then Ishii. If you can't love Ishii as a wrestling fan, then you need to really start watching Roller Derby again. Because he's a bad <laughs> dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the lovers are, you know, Kenny and, and Kota. I think that's one of wrestling's, if not wrestling's absolute best story because here they are um, in, in the relationship they have, but the relationship also includes, you know, teaming against the highest level of competitors. It also includes those, those rare times when they go against one another, uh, like looking at the G1 and, and that, that's, that's just a unique many directions that this could go, you know, uh, as far as the, how they, how they are in the ring and they are really at the, the best that they've ever been. Those guys, uh, and who knows? And I, I feel the same way about Okada. He, uh, he's got all those things. He said, I think it's actually all those things put together. It's such a rare, you know, rare concoction that you, you turn out with somebody like, like Okada and how good he is and how he delivers everywhere he goes. Intelligent, respectful professional we need we i say we because i'm on my back nine of my wrestling career but the business needs more people with those qualities maybe our country needs more people with those qualities especially sure, in washington sure, sure. We, we need more people with that those qualities. but that's another topic for another day that's a jim Cornette story i'll get off <laughs> that deal uh well listen uh look uh, how are you going to be as active with new japan as you want to be because of the nwa situation in 2019 or going forward in general 
or uh, or or how's how's that ball being balanced? Well, I think I'll be just as active. Uh, you know, my schedule. Uh, I always keep it. Uh, it's it's not the same schedule it was when I was with WWE as far as you know your Friday, your Saturday, your Sunday live events. But uh, I think uh, I think I've already taken a few. You know, when I won the title, I picked up whatever remaining NWA bookings did exist. Uh, I was at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood already. Um, the NWA 70 show coming up October 21st in Nashville, one of my towns. Uh, so no, it'll it'll fit it'll fit well. I like to be in demand, and uh, Brandy's right there because whenever I complain about being in demand, she's the one who always reminds me, like, "Hey, this is what you wanted." Uh, I like that. You know, I grew up on that. Uh, well, you grew up on it, but I love looking at those pictures of Jack Briscoe holding the title in the crux of his arm, getting on a plane, going from town to town, or you know, I'm sure you've seen it a hundred times. The booking sheet for Ric Flair. And uh, every town he was going to make, and all a stack of plane tickets. It's a little different now. It's all on your app, but uh, I like that schedule. <laughs> I have so much respect for the NWA. You mentioned the your, the big event they're coming to Nashville. That's Sunday, October twenty first, folks. It's the NWA's seventieth uh, anniversary show. Uh, tickets are available at nwa seven zero dot com. Uh, Cody and Nick Aldis in the uh, NWA rematch from. Uh, all in. One of the things I find, because I thought you guys had great chemistry, had a hell of a match in Chicago. I got I got the chance to watch it back a couple of times, and I kind of mm. was a little pissed I didn't call it. But not that the guys had called it or didn't do a bad job. I'm being greedy. I like those NWA. Hey, when you, I'll put it this way: when I was in, I was 22, and I I called my first NWA title match as a referee. Race Dory Jr. 16 minute Broadway. Oh, wow. And they didn't tell me anything about the match. All Harley wanted to do, how do you count? I showed him. I got on the floor, counted in the locker room, and he said, every time, yep. He said, fine. And I sat there and waited for more instructions. Okay, we're going to drop down. We're going to do this. We're going to – nothing. Nothing. He looked at me smoking up Marlboro and said, that's all. You can go. <laughs> so I get in a ring. I'm, tw- I'm 22 years old. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's going to be blackballed from the NWA for counting down the wrong guy. But, right, uh, right, right, right. They made they made sure that didn't happen, and that night I get I gained great respect from two of the all time greats because I hung in there, and I didn't question their judgment. Yeah. I I followed and did my job respectfully and professionally, mm. and uh, you learn that early, man. Because if I hadn't have, I kissed those NWA title matches and that sixty dollar payoff, which I was making forty, now I make sixty. Kiss them goodbye. So Ooh. it's a special deal, man. I'm, I, that's got to be that's going to be a fight app too, right? Yes. So if you can watch this match, if you got if you got Wi-Fi and a smart device, who the hell doesn't? Uh, you can watch this thing on your, in your on your phone or your tablet. I will be doing that, and um, you should be excited the fact that Tony Schiavone and Jim Cornette are going to be on the call. I'm looking forward to it so much. It being on the fight app and it being the rematch, and uh, that's crazy to hear having to hang in there. But I feel like I feel like that's part of the the business, what you talked about with them not giving you any instructions and you can't always do everything your way. You got to leave your comfort zone. And I, I like that about wrestling right now. The amount of times you leave your comfort zone and then you earn someone's respect or you earn their trust. I mean, that's the biggest thing in why we shake hands, right? All that obnoxious over shaking of hands is because I gotta, <laughs> I gotta trust you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, I yeah. try to, 
for many years to figure it out. And then, you know, I never really asked as much as, you know, this isn't about respect as much as it's about trust. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And having Tony Schiavone there, uh, and then hearing you say you want to call an NWA World Championship match, that makes me, it's more motivation for me to, to try everything I can to keep the title. Um, you know, because that, that would be that would be something really special, too. And I, 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 I took a little sneak peek at the card uh, for NWA 70 and how it's shaping up. And I think it's one of those one of those bills that's going to please everybody, kind of a buffet of, uh, of pro wrestling. NWA70.com has tickets. The show is not sold out. The tickets are still available in Nashville. If you can uh, get to Nashville on, on the 21st, Sunday, great way to spend the weekend with some good wrestling. Uh, and, Cody, the big stuff uh, this week on the other side of the country, in Long Beach, I look forward to seeing you there. I hope you have a great match. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to call it. And uh, you'll not have me around you whatsoever before the show saying, what are you going to do? Because I don't want to know what you're going to do. And I just want to, I just want to just let evolve it. Let's all share in it together as it happens. And if I can't carry that Absolutely. load, then my fat ass needs to stay in Oklahoma. <laughs> no, <laughs> you got it. I look forward to seeing you. Give me a big old hug, kid. Yes, sir. I can't wait. Have, have a good week and uh, I'll see you in Long Beach. Uh, and don't forget now. I'll you see you in Long Beach. Beach. All right, brother. Take care. Thank you, Cody. Thanks, sir. Very, very much. Have a great day. Because you are. One lousy son of a bitch. Oh, no! My thanks again to Cody for joining me here today. Look forward to calling his match and the other great matches this Sunday in Long Beach. And uh, great stories about his dad, too, right? And a man that knows uh, a lot about the American dream because he helped create it uh, when he was booking in Florida. Cowboy Bill Watts, another WWE Hall of Famer, joining our show today. And we'll be talking to the big cowboy here in just a few moments. Right now, let's take a look back at... This week in wrestling, uh, 53 years ago, interesting thing here. Here's why I bring this up. Uh, producer tip with this on my radar in September 27th, 1965, the WWWF world heavyweight title belt, the strap can't say strapped in WWE. It's a championship. Uh, the title was stolen out of Bruno San Martino's lock car, which is outside a restaurant following a Madison Square Garden event. But here's the story. Here's the capper. As far as we know, that championship has never been recovered. Next question, which one of you got it? 45 years ago, Shea Stadium, uh, September the 30th, 1972. Listen to this card. 22,000 fans, uh, 22,508 officially uh, paid attendance that big event at Shea Stadium in 72. I noticed Jack Briscoe was on the card. He defeated Mr. Fuji. So Vince Sr. would bring in all these stars from around and attractions like the fabulous Moolah, who defeated Debbie Johnson for probably the 1,000th time, defending her uh, women's title. I love this. Two of my favorite people in the whole world, I swear to God. Gorilla Monsoon defeated the big cat Ernie Ladd. Oh, man. I guarantee you. Much to the chagrin of Bill Watts in, in his mindset, there was some card playing going on before the match with Gorilla and Ernie. And Pedro Morales wrestled Bruno San Martino, the legend. Two legends, actually. The match uh, went 65 minutes of slobber-knocking action. It ended at curfew. So uh, it was a way to have a, 
uh, finish that the fans could understand they went to curfew, so the promotion, quote-unquote, didn't have anything to do about that, and uh, it didn't hurt either guy and gave people an example of what two great pros, professionals, did when they closed a major show. 41 years ago, back at the Garden, and the reason I bring this up is because it's one of Dusty Rhodes' favorite matches in honor of talking to Cody here today. Uh, it was at the Garden where Dusty and superstar Billy Graham uh, for the WWF, WWF title uh, was headlined. They sold it out. Couldn't, couldn't get another press in the building, baby. Dusty won by countout. No shocker. Uh, and they kept Dusty good, kept the angle open, and the rest is history. But uh, two of the greatest talkers in, in the world ever in any arena, the dream and the superstar in the garden. Boy, that's magic. I remember this one. 33 years ago, I think I was there. Mid-South Wrestling at the Sam Houston Coliseum. Paul Bosch and I fighting over a stick mic at ringside probably. Before Brother Love was Brother Love, he was Bruce Pritchard. He was there too. He wasn't fighting over the mics, but he was on the staff. Uh, Ted DiBiase defeated Chavo Guerrero, which I remember those two having a, a great match. Probably as smooth as anything you'll ever see. Butch Reed and Dick Murdoch went to a draw. How about that? A draw. There's ties in the NFL we've seen two this year. Draws are not illogical, but hardly anybody uses them because they don't use time limits on any of their matches. Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeated El Corsario. I'm trying to remember who he was. To earn a cage match with General Skandar Akbar. God of bless Hack. Love Oak. And then uh, uh, Hacksaw Duggan then defeated Skandar in, a, in that said cage match. Good times in Houston. Always had a lot of fun. And man, could the walls of that Ramada Inn the Javi Airport talk. Woo. D-I-V-O-R-C-E, I think Tammy Wynette said. That was a Sodom and Gomorrah at that uh, Ramada Inn. That's another story for a, another audience. Here's kind of something kind of cool I thought that producer Ted threw at me 33 years ago. It was the first ever meeting, I guess in WWF, of uh, Hogan and Macho Man. They sold out the Spectrum. Nothing unusual about that, but that uh, they got some great mileage out of that uh, 1985 matchup and going forward. Two of the greats. Two of the greats, no doubt. And quickly here, 20 years ago, uh, In Your House, pay-per-view, remember those? Uh, we saw the main event pit uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin defending the WWF title against Kane and The Undertaker in a triple threat match, a three-way, as they used to call it, ECW. Uh, Undertaker and Kane pinned Austin simultaneously. And then the evil Mr. McMahon, sad, sad, J-A-J-R, took the belt and he didn't declare a new champ. So episodic television, right? If you watch the pay-per-view, the word gets out there. You're damn sure going to tune into Raw the next night. And then, wait, there's more. 20 years ago, the next night, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Louis Arena, Stone Cold breaks up Mr. McMahon's championship announcement ceremony by driving a Zamboni into the arena and attacking Mr. McMahon uh, before being stopped by the police. The Popos got stone cold, but we'll never forget him riding that Zamboni into town. 
much like I love that scene where Kurt Angle had the milk truck. Milkomania. He's on the strong stuff. Homogenized. Where it was. I, w- I want to throw this in there because it's just, I love Al Snow. He's a great teacher. He's a great at seminars, wrestling, good dude. But he was a participant in arguably the worst Hell in a Cell cage match in history uh, in Charlotte. September 26, 1999. It was, yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, I'll only say it once, the kennel from Hell match. Uh, dogs patrolling the outside. Many of them with their tails between their legs, like a scalded dog. And I remember a couple of dogs near our announce table taking nice, massive dog dumps. Not great TV. Take it over to the UK because uh, October the 2nd, 99, uh, in Birmingham, uh, Rebellion 99 pay per view. Uh, Ivory defended the, and retained, by the way, uh, the women's title in a four, fatal four way against uh, some really talented women, including Jackie Moore, the late Luna Vachon, and uh, Terry Pock, Tory. Uh, really, really good women, great in-ring talents. Uh, and Ivory was uh, probably – I'm glad she's in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad Jackie's in the Hall of Fame. And I'm sure the others are going to be coming, obviously. you got to believe that every year, at least for the foreseeable future, one has to assume that the WWE will induct at least one female – in these Hall of Fame classes. And finally, in the main event that night, really a good match, too. Uh, big-time players, man. Big-time main eventers. Triple H retained his world title against The Rock in a cage match. Big-time stuff. And uh, finally, it was 15 years ago, September 29, 2003, Monday Night Raw at the All-Stater in Chicago. We saw a real wrestling match when Rob Van Dam defeated Christian uh, to win the Intercontinental title in a ladder match, blew the the card away. And then there was this match called a country whipping match where it says here that Jim Ross defeats Jonathan Coachman. I have erased all that from my memory, so I'm only going by what I read. But I did do a little research because I had erased this magic moment from my, my memory. It just brings up the term cow on ice more often than not. That match in a quarter hour did a 3.89 rating. Almost a 4.0 rating. And uh, it the show did a 3.44. Uh, but it gained 615,000 viewers, new viewers, uh, from the previous segment. So that train wreck got a rating, which is why it was booked. I still apologize to Coach, all fans that have that had vision, that watched it, and uh, I will never do it again. I promise. But I am 1-0, Coach, in country of matches in uh, Chicago in the year 2003. And moving on to birthdays. Remember, kids, I got the cake. Uh, and sometimes I take the cake, my granny would say. I uh, want to wish happy birthday to the Empress, Asuka. She is a I, – I, I just am amazed in, uh, by her persona and her work. At one time – I thought she was as hot as any female had been in WWE in recent memory. I really believe that. And I believe that could be, can be recreated, but she's got to get on a roll. I think that's the whole issue. We talked about the booking, booking here on all companies. You can't do 50-50 booking and, and come out alive. 
You can't maximize profits. You can only predict uh, losses or mediocrity by 50-50 booking. Uh, if the stories are told well enough to ring, talents have got to learn to be proficient enough to know how to win and how to lose and how to get, quote-unquote, one thrown out, uh, disqualification count, non-finish, and uh, still keep themselves with some credibility. Not some credibility, with credibility. Great stars just look at a match that they're losing as another opportunity to get over. Think about that. That's a different mindset than a lot of insecure people have in today's world. She's got to get on a roll, does Asuka. I'm, I'm a big believer in her. I think she's one of the best I've seen. I love her aggression. I love the snippet from SmackDown on Tuesday night where the Asuka uh, boxing with uh, Naomi. A lot of impact. Liked it. Uh, the late Mountain Fiji of Glow fame uh, would have been 61 on Friday. Steve Blackman, uh, who once told him that he would be 55, by the way. Steve's a good guy. He, I saw him wanted at TV after the checks were d- delivered. And, of course, nobody ever complained to Vince about a payday in that era. They, they came to me because they, they didn't mind assault, uh, insulting me and pissing me off. They sure as hell didn't want to piss off the boss, and I don't blame them. I used to tell them that. When you go talk to Vince McMahon, here's how you handle it. Do you understand me? You listen to me? You converse and you never confront. Great lesson for all of us when talking to our superiors, our bosses, or even our spouses. Converse and don't confront. And by confront, I mean aggressively, bad language, lack of respect. Uh, makes no sense. Make yourself look really stupid. So uh, when Steve comes to me and he says, uh, I got a problem with you. I said, what happened? He said, uh, you, you, you pencil screwed me. You pencil f me. What? Yeah, that, paid, that check I got last week was, or where it was, it was horrible. I said, well, we'll work on it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm not where I don't have my books in front of me. I don't want to page. I didn't even know what you made last week. Exactly. I paid 100 guys, maybe more. But I love Steve. He's a tough guy, boy. He's got a, I think he's got an martial arts school in Pennsylvania or somewhere. Good dude. Get him on the show sometime. He's a good, good man. The late uh, Skandar Akbar would have been 84 on Saturday. He was uh, one of my mentors in wrestling. Uh, he was one of those guys that I got an education from by riding in a car. Not Too much cannot be said about those car trips that many of us were privileged to take with some of the greats in the business, like me and Bill Watts, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, but Ack was one of, my, one of my really great traveling buddies. He'd have been 84. And I love that guy. Even though he was the biggest Texas Longhorn fan in the whole world, and me, not so much. Uh, former WWF cruiser and tag team champion Tajiri, great facials, baby, 48 years old. The lovely Stacy, the cat Carter, her birthday is on Saturday. She's doing such great work in uh, Dallas. I think she lives in Frisco, uh, Dallas area with uh, uh, saving uh, dogs, uh, the Italian greyhounds uh, from abuse. Uh, they had a big fundraiser recently. I think they raised about 20 grand last Saturday down there. So, She's doing great work and uh, really loves animals. Uh, and so she's a, a wonderful woman, no doubt about that. And uh, NXT superstar Candice LeRae will be 33 on Saturday. Happy birthday to her. She's a good talent, too. Uh, on Sunday, the day I'll be in Long Beach, Chris Von Eric would have been 49. Candice Michelle will be 40. Curtis Axel 
one half of the Raw's D team, 39. I remember at the Hall of Fame ceremony in 2007, his dad went to the Hall of Fame with our class. Maybe it's us with his class. And uh, uh, Curtis Axel told me then he was going to he was going to make his dad proud by being in the wrestling business, and he has. On Monday, Hector Guerrero uh, will be 64. Hector played the gobbledygooker in the Gimmick Battle Royal in WrestleMania 17, if you might remember that. He's also a school teacher. He's also part of the world-famous and much-honored and respected Guerrero family. Always a good dude. And never got the acknowledgments that, say, uh, his brother uh, Chavo, or, of course, his dad was, you know, God, one of the all-time greats. Uh, and then, of course, Eddie. Uh, Hector really underrated in that regard. But he, he got a plan. He got a college degree. He has something to fall back on. I think that's very important. And finally, as far as birthdays are concerned, uh, the late Waldo von Erich, a big Canadian, uh, played off that Russian or the German uh, villain gimmick, uh, like Fritz von Erich. They were no, not related. Uh he had a good run in Mid-South with the Cowboy at one time and wrestled in all the major territories and was a, was a big star. Uh, he had been 84 on Tuesday. And finally, our good friend, the late Yokozuna, would have been 52. I love Yoko for many reasons. I never saw a big man uh, until his weight got completely out of hand, so mobile, so agile, with such great timing. I loved his leg drop as long as I wasn't getting it. I could talk about it all I wanted and loved it. And one time in his home, I think it was in, what was it? Where were we? We were in Nashville, I believe. I think maybe take, at Taker's house. I'm not sure. But they had a they had a fish, uh, like you'd have a fish fry. They had a turkey butt fry. So they took the anuses out of these turkeys. You can do that now. And they deep fried them. And Yoko was eating deep fried turkey tails or turkey anuses, whatever the hell you say, with, with loads of mayonnaise. Yeah, I'm sorry. Especially you vegans listening out there. That's not a pretty sight. But uh, he was eating the damn things like they were chiclets, M&Ms, something like that. I'd never seen uh, the deep-fried turkey butt before, nor since. But remember, kids, happy birthday to all of you. And OJR's got your cake. You've got mail. Hey, folks, don't forget that uh, if you haven't read The Slobberknocker, My my Life in Wrestling, uh, it should be said... It's Slobberknocker, my life, and wrestling, but be that as it may, uh, we'll have books to sign and to sell on a Chris Jericho cruise coming up uh, later in the month uh, of October. And uh, also, it's available at Amazon.com. Uh, so check that out. If you haven't read it, we're still getting great feedback, still doing well. It's available in, in audio books, uh, which I am very proud of, the fact that we got to put out what we did there on that because it was a hard read as i've told you before uh it's on ebooks and it's on uh, in hard copy uh amazon.com and they'll deliver it to you in a, a day or two you know so check it out if you, if you feel like you uh, are missing something i think you'll enjoy our book uh and now let's take a look at the mailbag let's see what we're gonna read here uh this is from ian mccook causeway northern ireland wants to know if the wwe will ever start a referee wing of the Hall of Fame. Well, Ian, I don't know. Uh, I'm not on the Hall of Fame committee, if there is one. Uh, not complaining. And uh, I think that they, I don't think they should be a separate wing. I like the celebrity wing because that kind of makes sense. You know, Donald Trump's got a Hall of Fame ring, he's in a celebrity wing. Uh, and there are a lot of other entertainers and stars over the years that have won it. 
or and, and got inducted. I don't think a, a wing, but I do believe this. If you're asking, do I think a referee will ever be inducted? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who? I don't know. But I absolutely believe that there'll be uh, a referee inducted into the Hall of Fame. Hell, who knows? Maybe it'll be the Heavners. I don't know. Never know, right? Mike Kyoto, great Timmy White. You know, who knows? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think who else. Although there's a lot of good referees. You know, there's a lot of great ones. Tommy Young in the Mid-Atlantic was phenomenal. So uh, I'm sure that someday down the road there will be a referee in the Hall of Fame. Uh, why do you think – this is from Roland Evente. Roland wants to know, why do you think Nick Aldis has never been given a chance uh, in NXT? I don't know if he wants to go to NXT. I don't know that he does want to go to NXT. Here's the issue. If there's any reason for Nick Aldis not going to WWE, it's – Something other than his skill set, his look, and his professionalism. I don't, I, I don't know all the other stuff, but he's a very talented guy. And who's, you never say never, right? And we don't know. Everybody doesn't want to be in WWE. Every wrestler that we know, we've talked about here, you know, they're, they're happy and they're making a living and, and they found happiness in their profession. God almighty, let, let the man and woman be. Ari Rosenbaum. Ari Rosenbaum. He owes me money. Uh, in Garden City, New York, had the economy not tanked in uh, Oklahoma in 1987, but it did, what do you think would have been happened to the UWF? Uh, would have been part of the big three. Hell yeah. Uh, I think that Cowboy would have fit right nicely into that scenario. It would have been good for wrestling as well. But the key thing is just no different as now. I think we could have we could have put together the talent roster and developed young talents. But the key thing is, could we get national a national television overlay? Could we get the TBS? No. Could we get the USA? No. There are a lot of others now, but there weren't as many in play then. But uh, if tel- talent television were strong, you damn right we could have been the hunt. No doubt in my mind. Hey, folks, remember you can email me your questions or comments at thejimrossreport at gmail.com. And uh, good question here. We'll close it up with this one. Uh, what match made you fall in love with professional wrestling? Uh, Greg Bass from Centralia, Illinois, wants to know. Uh, Greg says his was Flair and Sting at the first Clash of Champions. Man, I remember that well. That was the first time I ever set foot in the historic Greensboro Coliseum. It was a big, big rush to me to be in that building. And for the dream to book Tony Schiavone and I to work together. And for then two guys like the, the greatest ever and Ric Flair making Sting uh, a real bona fide superstar on that night. Going, I think it was a 40-minute draw. So uh, all in all, it was, it was a big night too. I will tell you that the most memorable match from my childhood happened on television. And it was involving the Kentuckians, Grizzly Smith, son of uh, Jake, uh, Robin, and uh, Sam, Sam Houston, uh, Jake the Snake, Robin Smith, and his partner, Luke Brown. They were, the, they were the, the Kentuckians, big, huge men, you know, well over 300 pounds both, well, 6'6 six, six or more, big beards, you know, just what you'd expect. Looked like Dan Haggerty on, on, the, on, the, on the sauce. Of course, I'm talking about the barbecue sauce. Uh, so uh, they wrestled. Was arguably the best villain team I ever saw, the Assassins, Tom Ernesto, and the great Jody Hamilton. They told stories. They made it believable. Less is more. 
Uh, it was a amazing angle they shot on television that scared the hell out of this little fat kid in eastern Oklahoma. I didn't even want to go to the outdoor toilet for a while. So that was the match that I, that I will never forget. I remember talking to my uh, everybody in my family, my grandpa, grandma, dad, mom, about what I'd seen on television. And there was concerned that my mother was concerned because it was so bloody, and my dad didn't give a damn. <laughs> Good old dad. And uh, so that match made me think that this is something I have to learn more about. This is something I need, I'm drawn to for some perverse, crazy reason. I don't know why. I think it's good Lord has made it. It's meant to be. And I've taken advantage of that uh, gift of loving the wrestling business since that time. And that's a look, folks, this week at the mailbag. Remember, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Send me your questions, your comments. And uh, I know Producer Ted loves getting them. And he'll, uh, he'll read them. And if they, they make the cut, they'll make air. What do you say, big cowboy? Well, hey, Seth, how you doing? We haven't had a chance to talk in a while. I know, I know, and I didn't want to uh, prejudice our conversation by rehearsing anything because we call our stuff in the ring, brother. <laughs> well, okay. All right, whatever you say is fine with me. I know. I, I'm the booker now, so I got the pencil. That's right, that's right. Yes, that's right. I remember you and I driving to Fort Smith one time at my little blue Camaro and uh which was an odd sight to, to start with but you i was so anxious to learn more about the business every day every something every day i must ask you guys a million questions and i said yeah. you know i had to, i had to know what's the most dangerous weapon dangerous hold in all of pro wrestling and you said it's called the eraser so i'm thinking now that's some <laughs> some inside term <laughs> you know the, what's that? another word another version of the sugar hold or something it was a damn yeah. eraser on a pencil. <laughs> That's it. Well, you know, you absorbed everything, and uh, you loved the business, uh, without a doubt, and you had great ideas, and uh, it was a fun time. It was a tough time at times. We had a lot of tough times, and now we can look back at them and laugh at them, I guess. Well, at least we're not Bill Cosby in an 8 by 8 Well, I'm telling you, this, but this whole thing is, <laughs> gone so crazy you know i yep. know you're down there in the panhandle of florida i hope uh, have you dodged the weather here recently yeah we had a, we had that tropical storm that came through but it by the time it got here it gone even further west so we really had it good so far thank the lord on that i give i thank him every day you know yeah you know uh, i said to mother nature don't do no jobs she's gonna do what wow she wants no to do. And, and we've got to remember that uh as powerful as we sometimes think we are, that the power of God is so much more. Absolutely. Hey, uh, what do you think about the power of the Oklahoma Sooners right now? Hey, hey, has that been exciting? Has that been exciting? I'll tell you, although I will say this, they tried to lose that game this last week every way they could, which is, reminds us of how Switzer used to run that dog on triple option, and, and nobody could defense that either, but... Uh, I've always said, and you and I have talked about this because you have been an aficionado of football too, but uh, the great teams will find a way to win, even when they're playing bad. And OU surely was playing bad, and uh, but they found a way to win. They sure did. You know, that's uh, we nobody wanted to talk about the fact that Army had the third-ranked rushing offense in, in D1 football before that ball game. 
and the fact that we hadn't played a, uh, an option team, I was told that to get the scout team up and running to to simulate a the the option offense, Bill. He said they had kids doing it that had never seen the option offense. They're that that they're too young, hadn't seen it. Well, yeah, sure, and that's why Army runs it. You know, and Switzer used to kill everybody with it. Then if they had when you had the bowl game, the timing got off a little on Switzer's kids, and the other team had a had a month to prepare for it. Yeah. But you're right, and you know OU has never been that good about contain and leverage on the on the ends. I, I it just is so frustrating. But they act like sometimes they don't even know what leverage is, and with that triple option, somebody's got to force the quarterback to keep it or pitch it, and somebody's got to have the dog on uh, the trailing halfback covered. You're you're right. I did get a deal from some of the old timers that uh, were sure proud of the way that uh, the classy way that Army where they left the visitor's dressing room polished up just like you would have for a grill. I mean, they left it with a, with a lot of class. And so you said, wow, these guys just go that extra step. Yeah, and it, it makes you feel kind of good that they're uh, protecting us, that, that type of, of uh, character. Uh, I, That's I, right. I thought, thought it was cool. They, the media here in, in Oklahoma made a big deal of that too, as they should have. But, that, man, let me tell you yeah. something. I'm not going to tell you that that place wasn't even more spotless when they left than when they got there. That's right. It, That's right. It, That's right. It was immaculate. I, yeah. I think you're 100% right. And then, of course, the other thing I got was uh, several calls from some of the, the old teammates about the passing of Billy White. Billy White was one of our teammates when I was down there, and he died of a massive heart attack uh, just recently. And, you know, you stop and think, Jim, and you're still a young guy, but you stop and think <laughs> – it's that we know these guys and we, we're with them and we've gone through so much together. And then we go our own separate ways where we don't really know what's happened in their life. You know, like Billy White, I was asking Carl Don Milstead and, and John Tatum, I said, you know, what did he do? What all did he do after he left OU? And he was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam in that war. And then, of course, he had his degree in pharmacy. So all these things. And yet then he was living right down here in Florida. And I didn't even know about it. Wow. So that's kind of how some you get drawn back is that we we go our separate ways and we lose track of each other. Bill, did you ever meet the great Tommy McDonald? Yes, yeah, sure. He's had, I was there one. I was there one day when when he and Tom, and Jerry Tubbs raced. They were working out prior to season. Jerry Tubbs was a two time All American uh, center for Oklahoma University. And later played for the Dallas Cowboys and some other stuff like that. I mean, one of the all-time greats. Yeah. And and, and he, he challenged Tubbs in a in a forty, uh, an unofficial forty, actually, because they were out there. No coaches were there. I think Tubbs says, "Okay, I'll run you, but whoever sets us off has to set us off by a hand signal." And Tubbs tied him. Tubbs tied him. Wow. Could not believe it. <laughs> I mean, on a forty-yard dash. But yeah, Tommy, Tommy McDonald was. He never played well, a losing Jimmy game. Harris, Jimmy Harris, the quarterback, never lost a game. I mean, yeah. Jimmy Harris was a great quarterback, and he never lost a game. You're right. Matter of fact, Jimmy Harris told me it never rained on a game that he was quarterbacking. Wow, man, he's blessed. I was going to tell you, our Sooners play Saturday afternoon for well, it's one of the first two thirty games in uh, that I can in recent memory which lets you know how much television and the money flexes their muscles, which leads me to this question. Did you ever believe in your wildest dreams 
that a professional wrestling company, specifically WWE and Vince, have got two billion, two separate billion dollar plus deals on the table for rights fees. Oh, you know, it's you're right, Jim. The one thing, the key thing you said is how the money's changed with everything. I mean, when even like when you see hear these companies that get caught doing something wrong and a fine they have to pay, the money's astronomical. You wonder where the heck do they get money like that? I mean, yeah, the money is out there so far that it's just it just is is, is mind boggling about the amount of money that the difference. I mean, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even have understood it. Well, no, no, it's, it's hard to comprehend the maths, the mathematics of entertainment, the mathematics of professional sports, and certainly the mathematics of our old business, uh, the pro wrestling business, is changing amazingly, and it seems like what it's done. I remember back in the 80s when uh, you, you were leading the way and we were fighting our, you know, trying to make money, uh, and then WWE got really hot, and it seemed like that trickled down to a lot of promotions because a lot of the other territories – who were heretofore have been kind of on their, I don't say their deathbed, but they've been kind of sickly. It seemed like they got a little boost in the wrestling buzz in the community when WWE got back on NBC and wrestling became cool again. Do you, do you yeah. agree with that? Is that, is that close? Uh, yeah, I think it is. You know, there were several trends. When I first got into wrestling in 1962, I'll never forget a guy came up to me who was a big star then and said, I don't know what you're doing in this business. You know, you're a college graduate and this and that and the other. And even though I did not graduate from college, I'd, I, I, had, I left there without being, uh, without being, having completed, I think, like about 12 hours. And then, of course, got to make it money, couldn't afford to go back to college, couldn't make it too much money. But the bottom line, he said, the business is in a slump and it's getting where you can't make but, oh, about around 25000 a year on top. Well, that was 1962. And you got to remember, back in 1962, our college professors had told us that if we were ever making 25000 a year, we were wealthy. We were wealthy. And so I thought, wow, 25000 a year, lead me to it. And so he didn't realize that that really motivated me instead of scaring me off. And then wrestling came out of that dump or that slump and kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And then, of course, we got in it and... And uh, and built it and built it and built it and we built it beyond anything had ever been. In our time, we were the first ones that did the Golden Circle, set the Superdome where we charged a hundred dollars a seat, and then they even did the things where they got to take home the chair they sat in, and they had the, the pre the pre event autograph session. So we did a lot of stuff, and uh, you were right there. You were right there doing it. You were certainly more than my right hand man. We were friends. We had a mutual respect, and. Uh, you, you always brought something to the table. So many people wanted to benefit, but they didn't bring anything to the table. And, and one thing about it back then, if you didn't bring something to the table and have something to add to the discussion, you weren't going to be around long. I remember Ernie said to me one time, gave me some advice, gave me a lot of advice, but he still couldn't beat me at dominoes, even though he'll, I would, no, he, I, he was not. a lot. No, 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 that, that killed him. Played, we played all night. Before television taping, because and then then he'd win a game, and he he'd say, "Now you're not just doing the job, are you?" And I said, "No, I tried to be you." He said, "But anyway, he was great." Lernie said to me one time, he says, uh, "Don't come to uh, anything that you're involved in like a cabbage, all head and no rear end." I'm gonna tell you, I miss Ernie Land. I I loved the guy. He was one of the finest humans I ever met. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. He taught me so damn much. It's not even funny. Uh, so much. That's right. That's right. You know, it, the dominoes is the fun thing, and I can say that I play dominoes sometimes all night long. Seriously, before we do, you, we'd go to your room, write TV. Nobody could smoke because you didn't like smoking. So we go. Then Ernie and I, the meeting would be over, adjourned. You get us out of your room. Then Ernie and I go to my room, open the door. And smoke like freight trains. It looked like a pool hall in my in my hotel room. <laughs> oh yeah! I'll tell you the, what, I'll never forget. He was eating a watermelon there, at Channel Three TV one time. I've never seen a watermelon consumed like Ernie Ladd consumed one. <laughs> Somebody's going to take that as racist. Oh this, yeah, it, right. Well, let me tell you. When the, <laughs> anybody that knows how I loved Ernie Ladd and considered him my brother, but Ernie Ladd, I loved him. And you know, remember, I'll never forget Dan Leroy Brown too. You know. He was Ernie's tag partner and some stuff. And Bad Leroy was such a character. It's such a character. Yeah, he was. Boy, they were opposing team, to say the least. Hey, uh, I want to ask you a couple yeah, wrestling. They oh, yeah, man. You, you got, if you want to sell, you better bring something. They're not going to sell big time an arm ringer. Okay, just to let you know. <laughs> hey, I, I was going to ask you, a lot of guys uh, from the wrestling media world have uh, – uh, I reached out to and said, look, I got a really cool interview with Bill coming up and, and I want to ask him some questions. I don't think he watches a lot of wrestling nowadays, but I want to ask him some questions that's philosophical like questions that would apply to today's marketplace. And so, uh, one of those questions is, can you envision or how would you approach having to produce as much live television every single week that WWE does? They do five hours, excluding now pay-per-views once a month. Uh, or more, they do five hours of television, 52 weeks a year. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Live. Yeah. You, you know, even that, that short time I was back there helping you and Vince when he was going through a restructuring, the amount of television was just almost overwhelming. I mean, and, and, and to be able to keep the quality, yeah, that that is just un- unbelievable, the amount of, of television they do. It certainly is. It certainly is. I don't I know wonder, how they. How, I don't. I, you're right. I don't watch it anymore, but I, I just can't imagine how you would produce that much television and keep it uh, and keep the quality. Yeah, quality control is a big issue in my in my eyes in that regards on the pure volume, and uh, the uh, other thing is how do you? Uh, one of our questions too is how do you? Uh, how do you? Look at preventing uh, gaps in the storytelling because now uh, with all the social media available, everybody's got an instant impulse, instant reaction, and it goes. Some of that stuff just goes everywhere, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, all that stuff. So, um, you know, how do you? How do you? They, they're going to point out your mistakes. So, how do you keep? How would the hell would you keep continuity and not have these gaps in, uh, in creative? Yeah. And that is a huge problem. I mean, that is a huge problem. You're right. I, I just don't know how they would, you know, of course, here's another thing. If you've been there all along, then keeping continuity is, is not the problem. I mean, we had guys, as you well know, that struggled with continuity anyway, that they would start something and then they would, the next day they would, have, it looked like they'd forgotten it. And that was one of the things that I always battled with our, with my people that were contributing to the booking situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, You've got to, you just can't drop something 
we've got to, we've got to have something going here. They didn't know sometimes when it was going to really bear fruit sometimes, and then sometimes they didn't know when it was time to get away from it. But the bottom line, if you're there all along, like I had, my, I had a, that inside crew, which you were a part of, and whoever the booker was at the time. And then we had others that came on occasionally. Well, you guys knew what had been done, and you didn't forget it, and we all knew it. So, so you know, we didn't lose track of that, but I, I just don't know how you would do it today with the changeover and everything else, because as you and I both realized way back then, a booker's ideas about a book a good booker could book for about a year, and then he then he was burned out and he started to try to repeat stuff, and that's then when the, the hardest part of all came was you knew you ha- I knew I had to replace it, mm-hmm. and by then you developed a, a friendship and a closeness and and you know I heard that about Tom Landry one time you remember we used to we we, we watched Tom Landry coach the Dallas Cowboys one of the great coaches. And, uh, you know, we thought he was so cold because he would just stand there with that stone face. And I talked to a guy that played with Landry years ago at the Giants and also then, uh, you know, later, who was a kicker for Green Bay, who's, who's, uh, lives in Tulsa, who's a really Don Chandler. Star. Who? Don, Don, Don Chandler. His boy, Don, they, own the, they, own the, they own the rib cribs. That's right. <laughs> they own the rib crib. And I talked to Don about that, and he said, nope. He said it was just the opposite. He said Landry would get so close to guys that sometime he'd give them another year or maybe two seasons when they should have been gone, that they couldn't, they couldn't maintain it anymore. He said he, he, he would get that close, and I could understand that. I understand it because it was a painful thing to have to uh, see that you were at a point when you needed to give up a guy that had really, really been productive for you. But you had to do it because all yeah. of a sudden he'd hit that wall. And that wall is a horrible wall. And they're judged by the math. Bottom line, math. You know, it's like saying, well, well the reason, the reason I'm letting you go, Mr. Booker, is because we don't have a, ha- a happy locker room. I don't know that a lot of owners no, really we, get... No, we didn't do that. No, I didn't, no you did it because... Uh, he kept he, he stopped being productive on that, a that's bottom it, 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 bottom line basis, dollars and cents. Yeah, the locker room. If the locker room situation got out of hand, we got rid of the person causing the. the you know, we didn't we didn't tolerate long term what I call locker room lawyers. And even Pat Jones and I talked about that one time, and he was talking about in pro football. He said, "Oh, you can have." One or two malcontents in a locker room, but that's it. He said, "If you start getting more, it just infects the whole pie." Absolutely. And so, so we didn't we didn't really tolerate any locker room lawyers in any long term situations. Uh, we, we just realized that that wasn't in the best interest of everybody that was there. Uh, speaking of that, I, I got a question for one of my listeners here. They wanted to know. Uh, when you would find wrestlers, this is funny to me. Yeah. Uh, when, when you when you would find wrestlers, cowboy, what did you do with the money? <laughs> did it go to charity or back in your pocket? <laughs> oh my God! I mean, you know, you sometimes I, I want to say probably that's a good question. 
really it, it's not that good. But the bottom line is, it's not that. Good. It didn't go in my pocket. It went in the into the company coffers, certainly. But yeah. you know the one guy that was fined more than anybody, and you know it was Buddy Landell. Buddy Landell was fine, and all it was, the fines were not for unreasonable reasons. They just made sense. The same thing today, you get fined in the NFL or any other major deal for doing it. And, 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 the, and the rules and the policies, everybody knew them. Right. So the, and the, and if you recall, one of them was that you'd be on time, that you'd be yeah. one hour ahead of, you'd be there an hour ahead of the first bell. Right. Or that if you're playing cards, the cards are put away an hour before the first bell. We had, I mean, these were things that, because of the, my experiences in the business, that I knew I just wasn't going to tolerate. So Buddy Landell was fine more than anybody. Now, here's the hilarious thing. Anybody that knew him could have asked, also asked him, what happened? And if he was telling you, he'd say, you know, I accepted the fines because I knew I'd screwed up. And Buddy Landell never got his face down and just went around crying about it. Yeah. He went to work. And he would bust his can so hard in the ring that eventually all the money that had been fined came back to him. I'd bonus it back to him. And, and, and that's just the way it was. And a lot of times that would happen. The guy that got fined, if his attitude was right and he squared away and he worked himself real hard, a lot of times then it was bonus back to him. Now, if he wasn't and it became a problem, then, you know, that was just one step before he was also let go. If it was something drug-related, if it was something drunk-related, if it was something, uh, you know, uh, outlandish, you know, the same thing. We had, the, we had the rule that if you went out in the bar and got in a fight, okay, I didn't want you to, but if you did, if you lost, you got fired. Yeah. People don't even you believe know, that's true. Be out there, if you're going to be out there making a fool of yourself, and sometimes you couldn't avoid it because we both know that. We've been there in all those brawls, and sometimes people, some, some local yokel is just thinking, oh, my gosh, here's my chance to be a big shot. If I sucker punch this guy, I knock him out maybe. If I don't, you know, I can just finally say that's enough, and it's over. What they didn't realize, Jeremy, was just how bad they were going to get whipped. That's the over part of it. They didn't get to decide. But the the main thing is, if you're going to get in a fight, that you better win it. Yeah. You got a hell of a break there working with Bruno, didn't you? Bruno San Martino. Uh, you know, I, Jim, I think back. I think I headlined Madison Square Garden maybe five times. And Bruno was probably involved in, 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 all, in almost all of them in some form. He headlined Madison Square Garden. 187 times. Huh. 187 times. That's a, nobody's done that. Yeah. So when I got back there, you know, here I'm a guy from Oklahoma. This is a whole new world. And Bruno and I just kind of hit it off. And he kind of took me under his arm and, and guided me in some things. Matter of fact, at one time I was really upset about how they paid. Versus the size of the gates. You know, every wrestler's an expert. He thought it should have got more money. He doesn't have a clue on what it costs to do anything, but he thinks he's getting screwed on the money. And so I was no, I was no different. I was one of those ones that thought I knew everything too, and I thought I was getting screwed on the money. So the bottom line is, I was going to give my notice and go back to Oklahoma. And Bruno, 
I'll never forget we were together. He said, so you got a fair deal, and that Leroy McGurk guy, he paid you fair? Did you, is that what you think? And I said, well, most of the time I felt it was fair. And he said, what were you making? I said, oh, three, four, five hundred a week. Because you got to realize back then a hotel room was four bucks and gas was around 20 cents a gallon. It was a completely different economy. I said, three or four hundred, five hundred dollars a week. Hey, if I was making that, I was putting money away in my savings. And he said, what are you averaging here a week? And then arbitrarily, I don't remember, but maybe it was a thousand, fifteen hundred a week. So you're going to go back there because you think the payoffs are more fair. And you're going to take a two-third pay cut and pay. <laughs> Is that how they taught you math at Oklahoma University? <laughs> and I said, "By gosh, you're right." So I mean, he was Bruno's word was good, and he was a straight shooter, and he was a tremendous, tremendous guy. Oh yeah, very and, human uh, being. And yeah, so he and I, and we went through a lot there. We went and we did some things that uh, set new records. And uh, you know it was really an exciting time. But, did you, but did Bill, Bill's being a rookie or young, young guy, and and then Bruno yeah. was the he was not he was he was the guy. Period in the story. That's right. That's uh, right. Did you have any uh, trepidation or any apprehensions because you're a big, strong guy? You're 300 pounds. Then another guy. There weren't no other 300 pounders around. Not too, not athletic 300 pounders. Few here, there, and yon. Don Leo, some of those guys. Did you feel a little? Uh, Do you feel a little uh, hesitant at times? Were you able to to work as snug as you wanted to because it was Bruno, or how did he how did he approach that with you? Uh, Bruno, uh, I don't remember ever discussing snugness with Bruno. I mean, he was a man's man, and uh, you know, I I I, um, I don't think there. I don't remember anything where that was an issue. Uh, uh, you know, we. We both took chances. I mean, everybody took chances. I remember Gorilla Monsoon took some bumps that were just unbelievable. And uh, and he got hurt on one of them. And I heard a couple of the office guys for Vince speaking, and all they, one of them said, boy, he gets hurt a lot for a big guy. And I thought, oh, my God, he's out there giving it his all. And Gorilla mm-hmm. was huge. He was a 400-pounder, and he they could move. And... Uh, and and that's the thanks he gets for taking a bump that's that's unreal, you know. So you know, there's a lot of things that woke you up, but uh, I don't remember ever with Bruno it being about how snug I was and or how snug he was. Uh, you know, I just don't remember. It, it could have been, it could not have been, but I don't think so. I know yeah, he... if one guy potatoed another guy, the guy that got potatoed, you generally have a way of letting them know. And then if it if it if if it pursued itself, you had other ways of letting them know. I never forget the first time I worked with uh, Johnny Valentine. You know he was. You talk about snug. He was snug, and the biggest one was when he backed you over that rope and come with that big high forearm Smith from clear up at the top. He almost caved your chest in, and so I thought he was doing things to me on purpose. So I took him down and ran his face all across the mat and just ripped him. And he didn't do anything. You know, and he didn't do anything. He couldn't. I mean, there was no way he could do anything with me because, you know, he, he couldn't wrestle. He was a great worker, but he was not a great wrestler. And so uh, this thing happened. And so I thought, well, he's got the message now. The next time he backed me off the rope, he hit me the same damn way. 
That, that was just his way. That's his way. Man. I never get talking. I never get talking about it. Red Bastien about it one time. He said, "That's just JV's way. He is yep. super snug." Well, then, as long as it was was not intentional, I'm okay with it. And then, and Fritz von Eric was the same way. When he kicked you, brother, he'd almost put you next week. And so, when you're working in his area, you may you may take a little more than you did. When he came to work with me in my area, you know, it was a give or take thing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but Bastine, I'll never forget him. He said he, one time he was in there with JV and JV bent him over that rope and he said, don't forget to lay it in JV. And he looked oh, at me God. and winked. <laughs> so some That's guys good. were stiffer than others, Yeah. but on the, on the whole, uh, you know, that's just the way it was. And if somebody was out of line with it, that, now that was a different thing. And you had a few deals like that. Well, you guys don't understand is sometimes you had a deal in the ring that wasn't anticipated. Hmm. And uh, where maybe a guy was going to double cross you. And so sometimes you had to, you had to go. And uh, so, you know, you better be, you better be ready. Being in pro wrestling, if you're not, not ready, not like, if you're not ready and you can't handle yourself, then you're a victim. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I want to ask you this question. A good question too. I think uh, the with so much social uh, media influence, as far as the spreading of information, speculation, etc., on the pro wrestling business, uh, a lot of people are saying, and, and some companies are even doing created where there is a small fine line, almost invisible between baby faces and heels. And some even claim that there's just no such thing anymore. What's your, how hard do you perceive it to be to write a show when you have somebody, when you have two wrestlers that both people either like what you can do occasionally, or they don't like, but you can do that occasionally, but to make it a steady diet of not having baby faces and heels, I find it very challenging creatively that she could create an identity because what is this person's identity? Are they, do I, should I like the son of a buck or not? I don't know. The baby well, face heel thing is crazy. Well, I, yes, I would agree, but you know, that's how it's become. The one thing I, I think you find is the longer that you have a heel, that's a tough heel. At some point, the people start respecting that heel. You know, that's what these guys didn't get. I'll never forget one time. When Dusty was so hot in Florida, and I was a I was a top heel, and Dusty was our top babyface, and but generally I wasn't against him. We had Hart, his, Gary Hart, and the Hart's Army, and and all this stuff going. We had Jack Briscoe. We had so much going. It was the hottest time we'd ever seen. As a matter of fact, the the, the uh, auditorium, the Miami Auditorium, would sell out, sell out an hour, two hours ahead of it, uh, and that was every single week. That wasn't just every now and then. That was every week, and so it was really, really hot. So I'm, I'm, I'm working with Dusty, and naturally he's my top baby face, even though I'm the Booker and everything else. I put him over, and I didn't put him over by accident. I put him over right in the middle, one, two, three. And he left the ring. He got all the fans. I didn't leave the ring though. I'm, I'm selling out there. <laughs> and so here comes Gerald Briscoe for the next match. I just pick a fight with him. He whips my butt too. He whips my butt too. The next thing, Don Morocco comes out, and I got into Don Morocco. Pretty soon, I have my butt whipped, and then Dusty, he can't stand it. 
He comes out there. He said, Cowboy, get out of the ring. You're blowing off all your heat. Yeah. I said, I'm blowing off all my heat. I said, Dusty, look at the fans. We are about to have a riot. They didn't understand why. You know why they were about to have a riot? Is because here I am. I've got my butt whipped by everybody, but I'm still in the ring. I'm king of the ring. <laughs> and so they didn't understand. It wasn't about getting beat. It was how you got beat. And so, again, you had that situation. Now, the other thing is it's up to the, the, the guy in the ring to maintain his character. But when you book them, then you better book them in a way that it, that, that could happen. Or else you've got to be careful about booking them against each other. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can certainly have that. That's a, that's, a, that's a realistic perception is that you're going to have somebody that the people really like or they, or they dislike both people. So, I mean, that can happen both ways. I learned from the best, and I'll tell you what, I've had, I've had a wonderful run since 1974, believe it or not. When I thought when I left Northeastern, I would have about a three-month gig in the summertime, go back down there and graduate in Tahlequah. I, ne- I never made it back. I have no regrets, uh, and I'm living a healthy, happy life right now. The only thing I do is I miss my wife. Well, give me a call when you can. I want to catch up on you. I think about you often. I've certainly lifted you up in prayer, and uh, I love you, and you know that, and uh, I consider you a very special and unique person. And uh, give me a holler and, and bring me up to date when you can, because I want to kind of hear what's going on in your life. I will. No. I, pre- I appreciate this. I've enjoyed it. Uh, you you know that as long as you can lead me by feeding me the questions, I can generally come up with an answer. <laughs> yeah, you got you're you no loss of, no loss for words. I think your concussion issues are we can we can set that that issue aside. I think you're all right. <laughs> And I I got your address. I'll send you some barbecue sauce. Oh, man. Good, good, good. Thanks, Jim. All right, buddy. I love you, Bill. Bye-bye. I love you, too, brother. Bye-bye. I tell you what, for a guy that's almost 80, the cowboy has still got great recall in a lot of ways. But I wanted to get him on here today because, first of all, he's been one of the most requested guests. I just want to talk to him about scenarios and philosophy. And we covered that. And the good news is, is that he got on a great roll. We got, we have so much more material. Uh, there's no damn way we could put it on one show. So next week, some more strong, strong opinion, comments, memories. And uh, when Bill drops names, it's not by happenstance. He had experiences with these people. He wrestled them. And uh, he, or they worked for him. Or he worked for them. So, and I want to we'll talk about the USC. I've always wondered about his thoughts on wrestlers from his era, guys he knew, how well he thought they would do in USC. Because Bill, in the past, has been a, a fan of mixed martial arts. So we'll have more with the Cowboy right here next week. Uh, I think you're going to love it. And just for me, humor me. Uh, he's my mentor. I love him, and I'm grateful for the opportunities that he presented me and the education and those damn car trips. Uh, and uh, the knowledge that he shared freely, he shared. And uh, because of his sharing and his wisdom, uh, I've had a 40-plus year career. And that's why we all need to mentor. The cowboy was my mentor. I had many mentors in my life, but I don't remember any stage of my life where I ever was without a mentor. And for him, 
He's been my mentor since 1974. That's a pretty good track record, right? I'm very blessed in that regard. So we have more of Bill Watts next week. Uh, remember, folks, that the I appreciate you guys that are subscribing to our show at Apple Podcasts. We have a strong core of subscribers. If you subscribe to our show, I thank you. I'm grateful. Please tell a friend about subscribing. It's free, as you know. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however you listen to shows. A new show drops every Wednesday, come hell or high water. I want to share a couple of uh, reviews folks have shared with us this week. Uh, Producer Ted picked these out. I said before we want to do 1,500 five-star reviews. It's imperative that we do that. We need 138 more uh, for this year. So we're moving right along. Thanks to you guys. Appreciate it. Dart Monster says, JR is hands down the greatest. I can literally close my eyes and see the matches in my mind as JR says it. I truly miss his play-by-play. Don't miss it any longer, baby. Tune in to New Japan World on, on Sunday and Access TV every Friday night. And I'm going to still try to kick a little ass for you there, Dark Monster. Uh, Soul Rack is Carlos Backwards. <laughs> sure is. Says, so every JR is back on the podcast platform. I listen to him at work, during long drives, and even when I'm doing work around the house. I love the stories he tells, the insight he gets from his guests. I'd love to see him and Conrad Tom. Oh, Connie! Have a conversation about wrestling one day. I think we should have a, rest- a conversation about college football, barbecue, and I can give Connie some lessons on being married. I had three. I know. Uh, so I'd like to work with Conrad anytime. He's a good man. Uh, and I appreciate all of his work he does for this network. So uh, I appreciate you, Carlos, fell backwards, uh, and appreciate you my storytelling. I appreciate you. Folks, remember to subscribe for, again, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your, your Slobberknocker audio. Those five-star reviews are important. We appreciate that as well. And, folks, don't forget to check out the Westwood One app. It's a great app for podcasts. It clusters them all together from Westwood One. A lot of stars in this roster, uh, and I appreciate uh, their work that they do for this company and building this brand, uh, and I, I enjoy promoting them every week, as you know I do. I'm sure they do the same. Wink, wink. I love 83 Weeks with Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff. Uh, the Renaissance man, Chris Jericho, Talk is Jericho, kicks ass uh, multiple times a week. Keeping it 100 with Conan, my friend's calling Carlos, and he's my friend. The Scotty Levy Report, no, it's called the Raven Effect. But uh, Scotty's another unique personality, unique points of view, highly, highly intelligent. All you got to do is search the Westwood One Podcast in the app and Google Play Stores and get your app downloaded today. I, mine's in my phone. It's in my tablet. It's a great travel companion, without a doubt. Westwood One Podcast app. Uh, check it out. Uh, remember, I'm on Twitter at JRSBBQ, the Facebook and Instagram. Thanks to Sean Creedle. I'm on Jim Ross BBQ. Uh, we've mentioned our book, Slobberknocker, at Amazon.com. I'm very excited that, that this Sunday I'll be working with Kevin Kelly at Ringside in Long Beach for a loaded, a loaded New Japan Pro Wrestling event that will, uh, I, I'm just very pumped up about this. Again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Kevin and I last worked in uh on raw 19 years ago and I'll, i hope i don't jinx this but i'm going to tell you 
we're going to kick ass and we're not going to miss a beat. How's that? How do you like me now? So check it out uh, on Sunday, New Japan World, 5 o'clock Pacific. And then again, then the show on a supersized Friday night, uh, Friday night, October the 5th, which is the day before my Sooners travel to Texas and the Cotton Bowl to play the Steers in the Red River Rivalry. And speaking of Kevin Kelly, uh, producer Ted's going to be joining me Sunday. We're going to be talking to Kevin for next week's podcast. We're going to do a lot of recap at the arena. Uh, we're going to, we'll find some talents to talk to. Uh, that's not hard. They'll all be there. And, uh, those that speak better English than me will probably make air. So until next week, big show from uh, long beach in that respect, uh, plus all the updates and opinion. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for subscribing to our show. Go out and do something nice for somebody. Be a mentor. How about that? Be a mentor. I'm telling you, I'm an old dude, man. And the mentors I've had, I'll go to my grave with those guys just will it's just they helped me get on my feet they kept me propped up when i needed it and there's always somebody that needs positive reinforcement and honesty and truth and being good-hearted so uh, i've always said this uh, our tomorrow's never guaranteed everybody they're just not no way around it so make the most of today and maximize your minutes in life so until next week I hope my sinners get a win, but uh, I'm not breathing too easy about this Baylor visit. I just got to tell you that right now. I'm pulling for Baker Mayfield this weekend against the uh, Oakland Raiders, who are past due. A lot of stuff going on in my life. I can't wait. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed that you're here with me, too. So until next week, everybody, I'm getting in that black Escalade. I'm getting right back on I-35 and heading south. I'm not going to Dallas yet. That's next week. But I am going back to Norman. So until then... This is good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. Hey, this is Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, here to tell you about my podcast, Rap Sheet and Friends. Each week, I'm joined by a special guest from around the league. Plus, my colleagues, Tom Pelissero and Mike Garofalo, will stop by to talk football and get you the inside scoop on the week's biggest stories, and maybe even teach you a little bit about fashion. If you have a tag in your closet that says structure, that thing's got to go. <laughs> That's Rap Sheet and Friends, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.